Hey, hey, and welcome to another podcast, Valley Sunday. This I'm one of your hosts, Chris Paco. And I'm your other host, Jeff Cameron. How's it going, Jeff? Just great. How about you? Pretty good. Pretty good. Oh, awesome. So here we are, second episode, second season, episode 34, The Picture Frame, a.k.a. Mm. The Bank Robbery. So far, both episodes have been AKAs so far in second season. Yeah, I think they had a cute title, and then they end up with the title of what it's actually about when people talk about it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like when I saw the picture frame, I thought it was a different episode, like a specific episode that's not this one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Maybe they have two the picture frames. <laughs> so it's uh, directed by good old James Frawley again, yeah, written Jim. by newcomer Jack Winter, and yeah. originally aired September 18th, 1967. Now, I haven't looked too far ahead, but is, does our old buddy D. Caruso make an appearance this season? I haven't looked ahead either. I hope so. I think maybe they gave him a timeout. He was, <laughs> he was stewing too much. I'm like, look, bud, just we go might, off. We might have to access some phone messages left by D. Caruso calling uh, Bert and Bob. Yeah. After episodes, <laughs> he starts doing his own reviews. <laughs> I give it a D minus because I'm not a part of it. Because it's minus D. Do you get it? God damn it, you hacks. No one gets me. <laughs> see, that, that, that's funnier than any, any line in this episode. Yeah, see, D, D knew what was going on. <laughs> Except one line, and we'll, we'll talk about it when we get to it. All right. So let's get into this. We, uh, we start off, it's Davey, Mickey, and Mike. They walk into like a sound stage. Two guys are sitting there in berets. And uh, one of them asks who they are, and Mike says, Well, collectively, we're the monkeys. And uh, the director guy, J.L., who's uh, Cliff Norton in real life. He says that's great because they're looking for unknowns for this picture, which is kind of a, a, a jab at them. <laughs> also not. But uh, so the director says they're looking for guys who could play bandits. It's more bandits already, like yep. instant banditry. Not banditos, bandits. Yeah, exactly. They, they went 20 miles north <laughs> or however close it is. I don't know. And... Uh, so they well, asked if that Mexico backlot can't be too far away. Yeah, exactly. It's probably too like around the corner. Yeah. <laughs> I mentioned Cliff Norton was supposed to be one of the banditos <laughs> in Mexican face, but he wasn't available. <laughs> nope. So he asked how they'd look in the part, and then there's this vertical transition, and the boys are dressed as mobsters. The the director asks if they have any pictures of themselves, and Dave Davy hands over this baby picture. And uh, interesting note. That baby picture was also used in Leave It to Beaver as young beaver picture. What? Yeah. yeah. Come on. True story, swear. And uh, <laughs> he asks if they have anything more recent, and Mickey scoots away and comes back with like an old-timey camera. And Mike and Davey run over to the directors, and Mickey takes their picture, while the main director guy keeps saying, like, no pictures, no pictures. So it's like, okay, I think something's <laughs> coming here. So Mickey hands it to him, and he throws it in the garbage with the other baby picture. <laughs> And then the director tells him they're shooting the bank robbery scene today and then tells him where that is. And Mike asks if they're going to rehearse. The director tells him that it'll only make their performances stale. And then he throws some paper at them with some lines on them. And he tells him that he uses hidden cameras. So don't be surprised if you don't see the director there or anything. It's a thick plot they're, they're putting in here. And if they do see a camera, they won't tell anybody where it is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, the boys uh, go take off to practice their lines and the two directors talk about how it's a real bank robbery but they have nothing to lose because if the boys are successful they get rich and if they're not successful they go to jail 
not the director guys. Oh. Foolproof. The only question is, where's Peter? Yeah. Yes. No already, Peter. This feels like a smoothie of various monkeys episodes already. Yeah, exactly. That's why, like, let's mix it up. How do we do that? Uh, don't put Peter in it. <laughs> okay, cool. So this leads us to the intro. And the one thing I've noticed with this one is the, the written and directed by titles. They're over a still from the show, not over the four faces with the yellow background. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. That's not, a good point. Yeah, not a big and deal, the, uh, but a deal. The old harpsichord theme song. They're like switching it out for like thematically uh, appropriate versions of the song, like the uh, the Mexican one last week. Yeah. They get a little more creative with it, but uh, I think maybe once or twice they bust out that iconic harpsichord action. Yeah, I love that one. But I do also do like how they're changing it up for each episode. It's kind of cool. It's cool. That's season two bucks <laughs> coming in. All right, so then uh, the boys bust into the bank with their guns. Guns right there. Guns. They're wearing their suits and they're trying to look menacing, but Davey's smiling at trying to find the cameras. And Missy, Mickey asks him why. And he says, well, there's hidden cameras. And so they go to the teller and she asks if they can help him. And Davey forgets his line. So Mickey hands him the scripts and he asks her for $50,000 in unmarked non-negotiable, sorry, $50,000 in small unmarked negotiable bills. But Davey can't say it right, quite like myself. So I can't blame Davey for that one. Okay, hand over $50,000 in unnegotiable bills. The teller, who's named Joy Harmon in real life, she asks if they have an account there, and Davey asks Mickey what he's supposed to do, and he tells Davey to stick gun in face. And so Davey sticks his gun in Mickey's face. <laughs> and Mickey runs over to all the people who have their hands in the air, and he thinks they're all acting really great and look really scared, and he's, he, he's pretty stoked on the whole thing. Mike goes to the manager, tells him to open the vault. He says there's a timer on the vault, and it won't open until 3. Mike makes himself look like a clock, and he clicks down to 3, and then the vault opens. And Mike runs in, and Davey's hitting on Zelda the teller, of course. And then Mike leaves his gun, and, and the manager grabs it and points it at Mike. And he says, I'm the robber. Will you please put the thing <laughs> Mickey's shaking down all the people with their hands in the air. Davey gives up getting all the money. And then he, Mike, and Mickey leave the bank, reading lines from the script. And everyone's relieved, but then Mickey comes back in, and he says, Cut! Thanks. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you back at the studio. Bye. Come in tomorrow, 7.30, 8 o'clock in the hairdressing. <laughs> and he takes off. So it's it a, a packed little scene. There's a lot going on there. It is. Even with only three monkeys. Anytime it's only three monkeys, it feels like it would be really crowded if there was four monkeys there. Yeah. Maybe just because of the way it's shot or whatever, but I don't know. It seems to work out okay. Oh, yeah. It seemed fine for real. Uh, it's a little instant replay clip so foreshadow uh, foreshadowing yeah. they call that yeah <laughs> uh the boys scurry down the street they get back to the studio and then peter's there hanging out with the directors and mickey tells me missed the big bank robbery scene i know man i went to stage one at two o'clock instead of stage two at one uh, what are the odds that that's what actually happened to peter <laughs> it seems, seems like the kind of thing that just might happen uh, agreed yeah he didn't know the cameras were rolling at that point <laughs> he's He's even got his monkey shirt on. <laughs> like he's showed up for the wrong part at the wrong time. <laughs> yeah, it's like Mickey was telling him, you missed the bank robbery scene. We just shot it. <laughs> man, oh, man. It's just, that's a behind-the-scenes clip. 
<laughs> maybe this was what they shot and they're like you know what maybe we should do it like it's not an actual it's not an actual <laughs> bank robbery that was what the episode actually was and they switched it up <laughs> so anyway uh jr the main director he says he'll write peter into the jewel robbery scene it's J- jl oh sorry jl i don't have jr written here idiot so jr oh sorry <laughs> <laughs> this, this is this is the Paco roll with it, the El Guapo. This is Jr. It is. Let's go. Yeah, <laughs> I'll try. I'll try to keep, stick with it. Just hold on. But JL, the main director, he says he'll write Peter into the jewel robbery scene. These guys, I feel like they're doing too many robberies too soon. Like <laughs> mm-hmm. a, lot of, a lot of crime. A yeah. lot of crime. Yeah, it's like so they're going to get wise to this pretty quick. So Mike and Mickey drop off the money, and JL says that he'll call them tonight about tomorrow's shoot and gives them each a hundred bucks. So when the boy leaves, JL makes an anonymous phone call to the police. So there you go, scoundrel. Dang. So we get some stock footage of some uh, old 60s police cars that just look like stock cars with a light on them. (laughs) And uh, the sergeant yells through a bullhorn that he knows they're in there to come out. And this is uh, Dort Clark. He played the inspector in Monkeys a la carte, and he's going to play a policeman in Monkeys at the Wheel. So we've had a Dort and a Doodle. Yeah. Doodles so far, yeah. Good times. This guy, he always plays a cop, though. Typecast. The boys wonder why the cops are there for them, and then Peter remembers. <sighs> that library book, it's a week overdue. <laughs> so he, like, crawls out onto the front door and puts the book on the doorstep and crawls back in. Cops not <laughs> impressed, and uh, they tell him to come out. So Davey goes to the door, and he opens up the peep door, but it's over top of his head. So he's just staring at the door, opens it, and closes it. <laughs> but he tells him that the cops are there. And uh, Mike thinks that it's about tomorrow's shoot. The sergeant tells another cop to go in after them. You! Go in after them! Go in after them! Go in after them! Me! You! Go! 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 And then when he does, the boys start to rip apart his performance and tell him to do it again. <laughs> the cop comes back in, and then he <laughs> shoots up the place. And there's a bunch of classic stock footage. Like, you've seen every one of these yeah. shots before. <laughs> yes, Everyone has jet, seen these things. The jetpack guy and the giant <laughs> plane that falls apart and everything. <laughs> that's a, that's a, some heavy shooting here in the show. We see a lot of guns, but I don't think we see this much machine gun action. <laughs> Yeah, they're making up for something, I guess. So then the cop leaves, and then Peter, he says, Probably one of those method actors. <laughs> Which I, I didn't even know method acting was a big big enough thing at that point in time. Yeah, exactly. I just, yeah. I, I guess like, it's always been around. Boom. Who knew? Everybody but us, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so at the police station, the sergeant's uh, showing the boys the tapes of them robbing the bank, and they're just all so excited to see themselves on screen. And again, Peter's missing. They didn't arrest Peter. I guess because well, he, he wasn't he there. He didn't do the crime. Yeah. yeah this, this fortunately frees up Peter to do some other stuff to move the plot along, like go try to, fu- to bring yeah. the popcorn and also do some sleuthing later. Yeah, exactly. So the sergeant asks if they admit that it's them, and then Peter shows up with the snacks and stuff, and the room turns into a theater of sorts, and there's some people making out and other people watching the movie. And then Mike yells at the woman in front of him with a big hat. <laughs> And it's hilarious. That's the funniest part of the episode for me. But he just yeah. loses it to that Mike voice. Yeah. You that? Why are you gonna hurt her? Hey, you, you murdered her. All right, cut out the funny business. <laughs> they called me in to punch it up. 
<laughs> this is actually T. Caruso's voice dubbed in. Yeah. <laughs> so then the sergeant stops the movie and tells them that they're under arrest for bank robbery. And they protest that they were just shooting a movie. And then Mike starts choking on some popcorn. And that's what takes us <laughs> to the commercial break. The cliffhanger of if Mike Nesbitt dies. <laughs> will, will, will he survive? Yeah. The... Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> so we come back and the sergeant tells them to start talking. And they all start like just rambling like Walla at him. <laughs> when they're babbling, they're doing their parts from uh, Zilch. Oh, sweet. Good to know. Good to know. <laughs> That's funny. I, don't, I missed that. <laughs> they do it pretty quick. It is kind of hard to tell. <laughs> and he yells at them to talk about the bank robbery, and they say it was a movie. And this is where the scene just becomes like a sight gag warehouse. So uh, he tells them that if they know what's good for them, they'll change their tune. <laughs> he says they'll get the third degree. Mickey hands out three diplomas. They bring in the bright light and the boys put on sunglasses to get a tan. He tells them to spill the beans and they spill beans. Oh, he says he's going to throw the book at them and the book gets thrown at them. It's just like, oh my God. The big book of cliches was busted out for this one. I hope so. Or maybe it's like, maybe this is the first time this had ever been done and like the home audience was <laughs> losing their minds laughing. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's too much. It's too funny. Oh my God. Uh, beans. <laughs> <laughs> they spilled beans when they spilled beans <laughs> so the boys are pacing in their cell and Peter shows up and in a dubbed line he asks the boys uh, if they brought their files and he brought he pulls out three nail files and they all start doing their nails with them hmm. I, I feel <laughs> the writer Jack Winter was auditioning for Airplane <laughs> yes he's throwing everything they asked Peter if he found a lawyer and he says he's got the one with the biggest ad in the paper and then asked them if they did it and uh, Davey can't believe that Peter thinks they're guilty and then he says I don't think you're guilty I just don't see how you could possibly be innocent <laughs> uh, the lawyer whose name's Art Lewis he shows up tells them it's an open and shut case they're guilty <laughs> Davey tells them they're innocent and he says how do you like that? They're the first clients I've ever had that were innocent. He tells them that he cost $40,000, and Mike says that they don't have that, that kind of money. And Laura says, of course they do. They just robbed a bank. <laughs> Mike turns to Mickey and says that they need a new lawyer. And Davies looks at the camera and goes... <laughs> and then, uh, so we're in the courtroom. The judge asks them if they have a lawyer, and they ramble on, and eventually the other lawyer takes control and, and yells like an asshole. <laughs> it just goes crazy. And then they bring in the first prospective juror, and it's Mike Countrified, and he it's says that they're innocent. That's a witness, not a juror. Oh, yeah, sorry, the witness. The first prospective witness. <laughs> and uh, he says they're innocent, and the lawyer says uh, that he wants this juror removed. Wouldn't it be a juror, though, if I they get them juror, removed? But why would they be? Because you have to weird. choose your jury first. I guess, but they don't. Anyway, yeah, that's, okay, it's a juror. Go yeah. ahead. <laughs> So uh, Davey and Mickey ask on what grounds. Because he's one of the defendants. And he's one of the few people with working eyeballs and a brain <laughs> and the power of recognition to realize it was Mike. This doesn't happen very often. So it's a one an episode who's like, wait a minute. That's that guy who was sitting over there a second ago. Yeah, this lady has sideburns. <laughs> <laughs> So the other, the other, the other uh, side has a good lawyer. They can see right through this. 
<laughs> so the judge he is ruse proof. Yeah, that's what it says in his ad. <laughs> <laughs> Lawyer ruse proof. Uh, the judge yells at Mike and says that she's surprised at him. I'm sort of surprised too. Uh, such a pretty lady being a judge. <laughs> then he gives her roses. <laughs> the, the lawyer sees the roses and starts to get sick and Davey and Mickey notice so they bring in the next prospective juror and Mike ends up eating the roses for some reason and Mike says to Davey that he hopes Peter finds the evidence which is a good segue into a Peter scene there we go where he's skulking around the sound stage and one of their directors is there and he lets Peter in and Peter's dressed as Sherlock Holmes yep. And the guy asks what he's doing there, but Peter won't tell him. And finally he says, you're snooping. You guessed. (laughs) (laughs) So Mickey's acting as their lawyer, and he asks the manager of the bank if he's sure it was Mike that held him up, and he says yes. And Mickey asks him a bunch of questions that he doesn't know the answers to. And then Mickey asks him, if he doesn't know that, then how can he know it was Mike that held him up? (laughs) And Davey and Mike are impressed, and so is the jury, which is good. I guess they picked their jury while Peter was snooping. (laughs) And uh, Mickey says to the judge that he feels the case should be dismissed. And the lawyer asks on what grounds? Well, it's late. Everybody's hungry. Uh, the judge is happy to get some food. And Mike and Davey start handing out popcorn and peanuts to the jury. And the lawyer freaks out. <laughs> and we see Peter still looking around the sound stage. And then we cut back. And uh, so Davey's talking to Mickey's mom. She's got my jacket. Who is shockingly is Mickey in drag. <laughs> Finally, Mickey in a dress again. He's <laughs> talking like this, it. like he always talks as his mother. Oh, Mickey? No, not Mickey. It's a nice little boy, innocent, lovely. Always right to his mother. <laughs> he looks like like the old lady in the painting of an old lady in the rocking chair. You know, that side picture. <laughs> that's that's that. Whist- Whistler's mother. Yeah. That's, that's what it's called. Dolenzio's mother. <laughs> and he says that Mickey's a great kid. But he could have gotten involved with some long-haired weirdos, and the jury thinks it's hilarious. Oh, long-haired weirdos was still like a slur back then, yeah. I think. It's, it, it's the Randy Skouskit of America. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if like some band from Liverpool tried to put out a song called Long-Haired Weirdos, and in the States, they're like, no, 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 no. No. You're the gets. Yeah. Different title. It's, ooh, that's what we'll call it then. It's a different title. I didn't know Ringo was in the different title. <laughs> we all fake it. Awesome. <laughs> so Peter's looking through a desk and he finds the picture that JL threw out with the boys. And the other director calls JL and tells him that Peter found the picture. And he says to keep Peter there until he gets there. Mm-hmm. So now Mike is the lawyer back in the courtroom. And he <laughs> says that the dynamite they were supposed to use to blow up a safe is fake. And he lights it and lets it burn down and nothing happens. The other lawyer grabs it. Guess what? It explodes. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> so the other director tells Peter that he admitted that he was there to snoop. And Peter says that, well, this is a bad place to snoop, and he's going to the park where it's better. JL shows up and points a gun at Peter. More guns. And he says that he's not going anywhere until he gives him that picture. And Peter takes off, which leads to Monkey's Romp number one, yes. Pleasant Valley Sunday. Oh, yeah. Good times. It's a good romp song. It's a great rom song. It's a good song for anything, really, I guess. It's wild that between, well, like, they started recording headquarters near the end of season one, like airing season one, and then over summer they did Pisces, Aquarius, Capricorn, and Jones, so by the time they had to put out the show, they had two albums worth of songs to pull from. 
and like they're already using Pleasant Valley Sunday, which is an album beyond what they finished last season with. Yeah, it's crazy the, the amount of music they pumped out in that time. For real. And uh, a Pleasant Valley Sunday thing was uh, the movie After Hours. There's a yeah. scene by Martin Scorsese. There's a scene where the guy goes into uh, an apartment with Terry Garr because she's in the movie. Mm-hmm. And she puts on a record and she puts on Pleasant Valley Sunday. And she's like, do you like the monkeys? He's like, yeah, 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 okay, yeah. He's just kind of weird, but it's like, oh, wow, look at that. A, Terry Gar, B, Pleasant Valley Sunday. Wow. Bam, a lot of monkeys. In, uh, Terry, nice a- nice shout hours. out by Terry to her roots in the, yeah. in the industry. Yeah. <laughs> when she dies on film in head from poison. <laughs> Come on, lady, get up. Spoiler alert. What's going on here? <laughs> so anyway, back to the monkey's romp. The guys chase Peter past a bunch of light bulbs, then down a street and back to the sound stage. Peter's on a ladder. The band is playing in the rainbow room, which is wicked. Yes. Mike on guitars, Davey on bass, Peter on keyboards, Mickey on drums. I think that's all. I like seeing Davey play instruments more than maracas or tambourine. It yeah, just looks sure, wicked. But also, he looks kind of like a, a wee baby boy. Oh, yeah. The bass makes him look so tiny. <laughs> He's like left arm fully extended to hit that first fret. <laughs> um, so Peter's driving a monkey's branded golf cart, which is cool. Which, that's super cool. Yeah, man. The monkeys are like Batman. They got all, all these different vehicles. He's <laughs> running up the stairs to where the lights are and then back down. Davey plays high up on the neck. On the bass, like he's always playing high up. That's great to see him playing, like we already said. Uh, Peter runs onto a roof set and goes to the edge and looks over and sees a city street way, way down there and jumps off. But it's a set, so he just like jumps to the floor and just like hovering there. The bad guys uh, go to a shower and Peter is in it for some reason. Uh, there's some cool golf cart shots in this. Peter scales a fence, gets chased and runs into the courthouse and the bad guys chase him right, right into the courtroom. <clears throat> like it was planned perfectly. Um, <laughs> Peter brings the picture to the judge, but it's the picture of the naked baby of Davy, and the judge sees it and says that they're obviously innocent because he's so cute, and uh, Peter's the hero. <laughs> awesome. And and, that, and and then that's that's the end of the episode right there. Actually, uh, yeah, that's it. That's you know awesome. Davy's cute. That's what we. Awesome. That's all we needed to know. <laughs> And then, yeah, it takes us into a huge musical moment in the Rainbow Room, the Randy Skouskit performance, which is uh, epic. Is it iconic? Yeah. Iconic, iconic. Yeah. Mickey's wearing the tablecloth, banging on the big drum. Peter's on the keys, Davey's on the drums, and Mike's on guitar. Mm-hmm. And Davey's really giving her at the choruses and like playing <laughs> traditional drip, grip through the verses. Like he's a, a well-trained percussionist. The guy could drum. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. And it's almost like a Davey's wearing the shirt version of Mickey's tablecloth. <laughs> it's like they had some left over for a little shirt, so they gave it to Davey. It's like a tiny scrap of material. Yeah. <laughs> they folded it in half and popped it on Davey. I'm little like a mouse, I don't need much material. <laughs> So yeah, there's fast cuts, close up, push ins, push outs. It's a great video, great song, well performed. It's iconic. It's fantastic. <laughs> and yeah, so then that's actually where the real episode ends. So the entire episode ends. Yeah. And um, so yeah, um, what are your overall thoughts 
on the picture frame. <laughs> I think it's I think it's pretty all right. Like we were saying, it does feel kind of like a, <laughs> a Mad Lib of various monkeys episodes where <laughs> blank has a gun and blank happens and then <laughs> blank and blank and blank dress like gangsters or banditos or whatever. And so things are starting to get a little samey already, but there's still some funny good moments, like largely like more improv feeling stuff like, uh, like Mike screaming at the lady in the, the theater. <laughs> but just how they kind of made it all like a, a movie theater vibe in this uh, police interrogation thing, which is another another note they've hit again is the police police station police interrogation type stuff. But they bring they bring in like the making out couple and the lady with the hat and the popcorn and everything. Yeah, and it's fun. I agree. Yeah, the, the pun heaviness of the episode makes it hard to get a grip on it. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, and uh, the weirdness of Peter not really being around, like there must have been something going on there. Like maybe they didn't have enough time to shoot everything. It's like, okay, Peter, we're going to shoot your stuff while we're shooting this stuff and yeah. or something. Perhaps, perhaps. Yeah, it's a funny episode. The boys are, uh, yeah, letting to get, get off the leash and really yeah. lay it out and, there. Uh, and it was the first episode produced for the second season a good nine days after they finished making headquarters. Well, look at that. So, yeah, they're probably riding pretty high on everything right now. It is. And uh, speaking of the tunes, the, the monkeys had already slipped the tunes that are in this episode. This is the first time these are in, like, a new episode. But during the reruns in the summer, they had Pop Pleasant Valley Sunday and Randy Scouse get into the summer reruns. Oh, really? Yeah. So, like, like Pleasant Valley Sunday showed up in C Captain Crocodile and stuff like that. Like, they did some... Already, they were, like, keeping the shows fresh the music in the shows fresh and like as a promotional device which hmm. is pr pretty ingenious that and, is uh, that is part of what makes the monkey special i guess definitely yeah the forward thinkingness of that to do it so yeah if we don't show them playing it we can just drop in a new song and keep that going there we go yeah smart smart um guns in the episode oh yeah of course <laughs> is there ever guns like crazy um <laughs> highlight of the show uh, for me, a like I always pick weird little funny moments. I, I'll go with uh, Davy opening the peep door and not like, being able to see out of it. I think that's funny. And then with the special mention of the mic screaming. Oh, the mic. <laughs> it's just the voice that everything. It's just great. Why are you going to At first, he's nice about it. He's like, excuse me. He's trying yeah. to be polite, but then he just goes off. <laughs> oh, man. Um, was there a monkey's ruse? Each of the oh, the people at the yeah. trial, but they also got ruse busted. They got well, sort of. They got uh, they got uh, placed in a ruse unawares when they uh, robbed the bank itself because they thought they were making a movie. Yeah, and that's that's uh, that's like a ruseception. They're pulling a ruse. They didn't even know. Are they were being rused? Or they're rusing themselves. Like we say, you got to choose yourself before you ruse yourself. Yeah. Fourth wall break. Davey looks at the camera in the jail cell. <laughs> That's it? That's the only one? I think so. I think O has become one of uh, Davey's uh, little catchphrases. Yeah. yeah. Uh, best musical moment. This is tough. This is a tough one because it's the, the premiere of both Pleasant Valley Sunday and Randy Skowskit. For and both real. have and, great performances. In the Rainbow Room and everything. Ah, we just call it a tie and move on. Yeah. Yeah, the only uh, the only edge Randy Skowski has is there's no romping that gets in the way. 
It's not uh, a cut back and forth. It's just a straight performance. True, but, uh, you know, the romps are part of the magic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, classic monkeys moment. Uh, the still frame when Mickey takes the picture and uh, <laughs> stock footage of destruction. That's yes, classic. Yes, yes. Yeah, they haven't done that in a while. And we see Mickey being kind of directorly when he's uh, putting that picture together, telling everybody where to go, what to do. And I think that's uh, intentional or not. It's a little foreshadowing of his future career and directorhood. Yep. yep, true. True enough. Uh, what wouldn't fly in 2021? I think it's pretty tame. I think everything's good. Uh, just uh, cops rolling into the pad and spraying the place down with <laughs> machine gun fire. Yeah. I don't know, you just play that for laughs at the end of a scene. So some did you knows. Uh, we already talked about the picture was a Leave It to Beaver picture of young <laughs> Beaver when he was a baby. That's wild. The teller was on shows with Groucho Marx, and she was an NBC player in the 60s and 70s, and she has 31 <laughs> acting credits on her IMDb. Oh, wow. I've been looking into like acting credits to see, because a lot of these players are like bit players for NBC, yes. so they have a zillion credits a lot of the time. So that's one thing uh, yeah. I might be putting in here. Like the Sergeant Dort Clark, <laughs> um, he has 84 acting credits on his Jeez. IMDb. And Art Lewis, he plays a cop. And he's also going to be in Find the Monkeys, where he plays another cop. <laughs> he has 97 acting credits. But Cliff Norton... He has 134 acting credits. Wow. And that's crazy. Crazy. And huh. we mentioned before, this is the first episode shot for the second season, but the second one in the... Uh... To go to air, yeah. So there you go. Uh, oh, yeah. The, the bank apparently is called the Ninth National Bank. Not the first. <laughs> Later, you know, Michael's band is called the First National Band. I don't think this inspired that, but it was just kind of fun to see. So. I just had one, a couple more uh, did you know type things. When the cop says he's going to give the boys the third degree, and Mickey hands out the three degrees, the, the little each one he hands out goes bing, bang, bong, and it's like uh, a rendition of the NBC jingle, <laughs> which uh, the three notes of the jingle is GEC, which stands for General Electric Company. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's pretty cool. It's almost subliminal. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's that's it's cool to know there was a, like a reason behind those notes. Yeah. Yeah, I never knew that. Good sleuthing. Yeah, oh, well, hey, thanks. <laughs> Actually, I learned that on the NBC tour. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Not, it wasn't specifically matched up to this particular episode, but just the NBC jingle has those notes in it for that reason. It'd been cool if on the tour they're like, has anybody seen the monkeys, <laughs> the picture frame? <laughs> Here's Peter Tork to tell us more about yeah. it. <laughs> now this is uh, the first of five episodes by uh, the writer guy Jack Winter yes we'll, we'll hear from him again and we'll keep an eye on how corny his nonsense is see we're <laughs> spilling more beans in yeah. future Winter's episodes you know he's really made an impact if we start if we give him a voice alrighty so what what is that I hear right now oh it's about that time Ladies and gentlemen, everybody—it's favorite time of the show. The randomatic <laughs> countdown, wool hat of mystery. Yes. And this week, Jeff, you get to pick the first one. Sweet. All right. So here we Hand go. Hand me that hat. Let me see what we got. Oh, do they run? They run? They do they run? Run? She hangs out. Do they run? They run? 
yeah, yeah, I had some stuff about she hangs out. Hit me. Historically, it's pretty important in this tale of the monkeys. It shows up in the version on, uh, was it Pack and Jay it's on? Yes. Okay, but before that, when the monkeys had prepared their next single, which was going to be All of Your Toys, backed with uh, Girl I Knew Somewhere, Don Kirshner had persuaded Davy Jones to fly to New York and record She Hangs Out to go on the back of A Little Bit Me, Little Bit You. Really? Without the band's authorization, without Bob and Bert's authorization, and uh, the single surfaced in Canada. Basically, Don Kirshner put out an unauthorized monkey's piece of music that the band didn't the band was not did not approve and uh the quote-unquote suits didn't even know about so this was pretty much it for don kirshner because he put together and released a monkey's uh, a monkey single that was not approved by the monkeys interesting and eventually the single that came out was a little bit me a little bit you with girl i knew somewhere in the back wow so i wonder if that that had like a uh, a big thing with Kirster getting the boot. Oh, it totally was. That was like a last straw kind of thing because they'd already put out, he'd already did more of the monkeys and the guys weren't happy. So it's almost like it was a good thing. <laughs> kind of, yes. <laughs> but uh, it was, must have been weird at the time. Oh, very much. Yeah, definitely. That's It's weird now. There was just so <laughs> many bosses, so many bosses and so many different aspects of what they were doing and maybe it's just kind of the way it was in the business back then but the, this is part of the monkeys fighting for their uh, creative control yeah so what if like for Kirshner going from like bands that just did what you told them to do and yeah. he would just do stuff and that's how it was and all of a sudden he's doing stuff and people are getting mad at him and stuff he was just like what the heck are you, what are you, what's happening here <laughs> I'm, make, I'm making records here hit records yeah exactly you, you guys should be happy and like you said on the Behind the Music special, Kirshner said, like, they didn't, they never had a hit without him. Yeah, it's true. But, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so fair enough. <laughs> so, uh, so she hangs out. She hangs out. Itself. It's a fun one. It's a fun Davy one. Yeah, it is. Good, good vocal performance. I like uh, that. I guess it's like a saxophone, that super deep saxophone. Like a Lisa Simpson baritone sax kind of thing. Yeah, insane. I saw um, the Arkells open up for The Who in Buffalo, and they have a saxophone player with an enormous size, like as tall as I am almost. (laughs) Holy Jesus. It's like, holy man, that's amazing. And you can hear it, and she hangs out. Not the same one, obviously, but. (laughs) So, yeah, where where do you feel this should go? Okay, this is, is, uh, I don't know, top 40-ish. Mm-hmm. I like it better than like forget that girl that oh my my I'm gonna buy me a dog. Do it, would we put this on before Daydream Believer? I I would maybe even say between Daydream Believer and gonna buy me a dog. Okay, but it, it, you pulled it, so you get the uh, the final <laughs> say. You know what? Just for uh, I think just for funsies, we're gonna put it right below a little bit me, a little bit you, just ahead of. Last Train to Clarksville and Daydream Believer, which are a little played out, and we don't listen to those quite as much. But I'm going to put it on, as if it's the B-side to Little Bit Me, Little Bit You. So right <laughs> below Little Bit Me, Little Bit You, we put She Hangs Out, which is uh, sung by Davey and written by whom? Writer is Ellie Greenwich, Jeff Barry, Jerry Lieber, and Mike Stoller. Yes, that's like a Brill Building All-Stars. Yeah. So these are the kind of people Kirshner was working with in New York. 
and just bringing that in and trying to keep that influence on the monkeys as opposed to the west coast boys and heart garage rocky sound Kirschner obviously favored Davey and the more professional polished sound but anyway there you have it she hangs out here at number 34 on the randomatic countdown and Paco dust off them phalanges and get him in the hat alright here we go song number two of the day since since we've come back for season two we've been doing good so I assume now I've ruined it maybe there's tons of good stuff in the hat who knows here we go Admiral Mike <laughs> Mike from Justice. This song rips. This is a rocking <laughs> tune. I've got to say, it is a bit of a rocker, like a a grunge reggae kind of yeah. screed against uh, advertising. I guess. I guess Mike's, Mike's not happy about something, and he funnels it through uh, the angry yell of Mickey Dolenz. Sung by Mickey, written by Mike, and and in the bridge of the like near the end there. Mickey hits some high notes that are just crazy. And I, the, the melody is really cool. I like the way it goes over the uh, the music and everything. I when I pulled this, I was like, "Oh man, it's our first kind of not awesome tune." But I'm I'm changing my not awesome tune into wow. awesome tune. This is I I like this song a lot. It's I have to say the Justice songs. I probably said this before, kind of sneak past me because when the record came out, yeah. I listened to it a bunch, but then I didn't go back to it very often. Not often. This is definitely one of the standout tracks. Heck yeah, man! If it, if this wasn't one of the standout tracks, this record would be amazing. If all the other ones made this one look terrible. <laughs> because <laughs> this is yeah i, I had a, a great time uh, revisiting this song yeah and why it's called admiral mike i'm not entirely sure maybe because mike was taking the leadership role in the studio at this time they never really established why as far as i know yeah because <laughs> whatever it's fine is it because it's about ad people it's like is it admiral <laughs> i maybe. don't know are they do they admire mike for bringing this up <laughs> it's admirable mike Admirable Mike. <laughs> I don't know. We'll have to we'll have to talk to to the guys about this next time we we see them. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I know that. Yeah, yeah. They they're not always keen to talk about justice, but for like this song is amazing. What does it mean? I'd be like, oh, I like, thank you. I uh, we were waiting for somebody to finally notice. Somehow this didn't make it onto that new uh, Dolan sings Nesmith album. Yes, that's. <laughs> speaking of that, that, that album's going to be very cool. I think. For real. The tapioca of, tundra I'm looking forward to. Yeah, man. Not just a lot of uh, Deep Nesbeth cuts, but some Deep Monkey cuts on there, too. Some mm-hmm. uh, Missing Links type stuff. Very cool. Coming out on 7A? Records? 7A. Yes, I believe it is. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Don't have to get excited, man. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> All right. Anyway, back to business. We got Admiral Mike to put in the countdown. Uh, Paco, where do you want us? you're quite fond of this one yeah feels I'm, like we're going top 40 ish i'm thinking between porpoise song and long title at number two <laughs> <laughs> no maybe a little uh, bit further uh, down okay fair enough um you know where i might put this where are you gonna put it Paco? 
right after the uh, Dolan's Jones Boy's Heart. Oh shit! Uh, like after Moonfire, there. Okay, okay, okay. So I yeah. So at number ooh at number thirty it would go nice. in. So yeah, we got Admirable Mike might be our highest <laughs> justice track now. Uh, pretty sure it is. All right, Jeff, your last one. I mean, I'm fine at too. Give me that. Give, give me a. Come here, you tune. Here it is. Allow me to unfold it and look at it. Oh, it is Auntie's Municipal Truck. Boom! The streak continues. A great, maybe, did we pull out all the garbage? It seems like we have. Because it's been a hit after hit here at Podcast Valley Sunday. Written by Mike and uh, Keith Allison. He was kind of a session guy for the Monkees throughout their uh, middle records. And, uh, and he gets co-writing credit here. Uh, it's really good. It's, it's like the pinnacle of the, the country meets psychedelic for the Monkees. Yep. And with the, the Mike and Mickey blend and the twang and everything. It just sounds so good. Yeah, and on the the first chorus, I guess Mike's then wife Phyllis, she's the background voice that oh, sings really? the woman's voice. Yeah. Somebody stole their life. Somebody stole their life. Again, in in Monkey's tradition, there is another alternate version with Mike singing the verses and everything, picking oh, up yeah. the vocals. Find a crazy man he can't see. Sound of the sunset, sound of the sea. Why do the people always look at me? Nobody here to see that we are you. So yeah, from Birds, the Bees, and the Monkeys, another solid record. A great album cover too. Like, it's something I bet like it, it's a, it's made to be a vinyl cover, not like a tape oh. or a CD or a thumbnail. It's mm-hmm. uh, there's so much going on, and you can just get lost in that cover. It's fantastic. Yeah, man. Uh, one last thing about Keith Ellison, the, the co-writer of the song. After collaborating with the Monkees, he joined Paul Revere and the Raiders. And you won't believe this. He, uh, he got on board as the bass player for the Dolan's Jones Boyce and Hart album. Really? Yeah. So Look at he's, that. Uh, he's a close friend of the whole uh, Monkey gang. Yeah, good for him. Yeah, Making man. it work. <laughs> Relatively speaking, I guess. But Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, the song the song itself, like the lyrics, it seems like it could be psychedelic nonsense, but it could be about uh, the California music industry around the time as mm-hmm. it pertained to like surf music, the sound of the sunset, sound of the sea, or just like California in general. And uh, somebody here just sent for more red and yellow cartoons, more episodes of the monkeys with their red and yellow logo, perhaps. And oh, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, used to come as one, now comes as four. Used to be like single acts, like Elvis, and Fabian, whatever. And then there's now there's four dudes <laughs> stepping up to it. So it's a different uh, different scene now, man. No, yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's very true. There's so much going on, and yeah, the music's so radical. The way it's mixed in your headphones too is fantastic. That's it's, great. Yeah, and, it's uh, a great, yeah, I'm, great. I'm pretty sure they played in Toronto when we seen them. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that was for sure a highlight of the show. There's so many highlights of that show. It was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it was just so fantastic. Oh, but yeah. 
All right, so uh, where do you feel this should slide into our uh, randomatic countdown? I think you and I both know this is a, a jam. Definitely jam. Wow, man. I, I think I could put it either above or below Tapioca Tundra. This would put it at number nine. Number okay, nine, okay. Number nine, number nine, number nine. Yeah, I was definitely thinking, yeah, between there, anywhere like in the 10 to 20, I was definitely thinking. Okay. It could well, fit in. You know, look at the down a little farther. Look out, here comes tomorrow and all. These are good tunes. They're also good, man. <laughs> yeah. But, but we do dig this song. It's going to be hard to put anything above Valerie. I'm going to put it right below Valerie. How about that? That's good. There you go. Number 14. Yes. So that's Auntie's Municipal Court, written by Michael Nesmith and Keith Allison, sung by Mickey and Mike and uh, Phyllis, of course. Yeah, of course. Bang. Crazy. So we've, oh, we've had some great wool hat pulls since coming back we have man thanks again hat yes thank you wool hat of mystery it's being fantastic and um one thing i've got i've got to put down at the end of this episode uh not to bring down the party or anything uh Uh just to go into something here uh when i first kind of got into the monkeys i was about 11 years old and it was uh i was at my my grandmother's house i'd go there for breakfast every day and she'd make breakfast and i'd watch the monkeys i'm like 11 and uh that really opened up everything for the monkeys it just kind of planted the seed that then eventually came about like a couple years later when jeff and i really got into the monkeys mm-hmm. and i just got to give a little uh tribute shout out to my granny there she passed mm-hmm. away last week and uh and uh, she was 101, so you know you can't feel too ripped off <laughs> by <laughs> losing someone at 101, but you still do. And sure. uh, I just feel like um, if it wasn't for those mornings where she's making me an omelet and I was watching <laughs> the monkeys on her TV, I, w- I don't maybe they wouldn't have made the impact they did when I saw them on Much Music later. So I just kind of want to just take a minute, take a second, take a moment, and. Uh, mm. Just kind of say thank you and pay a little tribute. So, yeah, so that's all. True, man. Yeah, I know how much <laughs> Granny meant to you, and I remember myself going there, going over to Granny's tiny little house a bunch of times. And uh, yeah, I know you miss her, bud. Yeah, yeah, but it was uh, yeah, that's where the monkey seed got planted. And uh, <laughs> I'll always remember watching on her big console TV, the wooden TV <laughs> yes, with the yes, antenna. Yes. You had to turn the thing like, boom, 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 <laughs> as it got there. And, and that's it. So, yeah, I just had to really throw that out there and just mm. say thank you to Granny. Thank you to Jeff for letting me have a, a bummer moment at the end of the show. <laughs> it's all good, man. It's all good. <laughs> and, uh, and so with that, everybody, let's always remember the monkeys bring us together make us happy this these last songs we've been pulling out have definitely been making me happy oh yeah so uh yeah go throw something on let's let's keep this monkey's train a rolling yes guy <laughs> yes yes <laughs> okay so from me paco and me jeff have yourselves a monkey's little evening thank you bye-bye Hey, Monkeys fans. With everything going on with social distancing, Podcast Valley Sunday will be on every two weeks. We hope you're staying safe. We hope you're staying at home. And we hope that you're listening to the Monkeys and obviously Podcast Valley Sunday. You can check us out on Facebook, on Instagram, and on YouTube. And please, rate us and leave a message. We'd love to hear from you. But, as always, be gentle with us. We're very sensitive.